Likutei Sicha is Chelik Tezvah, Volume 15, the fourth Sicha for Parsons Bereshis. This is a Rashi Sicha about the story of the offerings of Cain and Hevel, and specifically what went wrong with Cain's offering, why it was not accepted. At the end, we'll also have some great insight, both halachic and Hasidic insight. Just to review quickly some of the Kloli Rashi, the, the uh, rules in Rashi, which the Rebbe establishes, which we'll use in the Sicha. Number one, when Rashi brings more than one uh, commentary, more than one explanation on a certain verse or certain words, it's because typically the first, the first way of explaining it, the first way Rashi chooses to explain it, is the main explanation. That's the main understanding. However, since there is sometimes a great deficiency, there's something that is compromising or something that's lacking in that in that explanation. Therefore, Rashi introduces a second or sometimes even more to compensate for that, to compensate for that discrepancy. However, the second one in itself does not suffice, and that's why Rashi brings the other one first. Another rule, whenever Rashi brings an agoda, meaning he brings a medrash, this is because the medrash, that explanation, the insight from the medrash, helps clarify, helps understand the pshutay shamikra, the basic meaning that Rashi is trying to bring out. So on the Pasuk, on the ver- in the verse, chapter 4, verse 3, in our Parsha, this is the story where Cain made an offering to Hashem, Hevel made an offering for Hashem, and the Torah tells us Hashem did not accept, did not even turn towards, so to speak, the offering of Cain, and what, rather to Hevel, he did, he accepted it. And it tells us what happened, what they brought. It says, Cain brought, he offered, from the fruit of the land, not specifying what it is, he brought an offering to Hashem. So in the heading, the words from the fruit of the land, without it saying what it is, Rashi explains, that it means from the worst. And then he adds, he says, there is a medrash that tells us that what was this fruit, what was this offering that he brought, that zera pishtan haya, it was linseed, meaning it was the seed of flax, of, you know, from which we make linen. Now it's obvious that the reason why Rashi explains that it was from the worst is this in order to explain to us, in order to clarify to us why Hashem didn't accept it, right? In other words, it has to make sense The anybody learning this, this, this story, anybody learning this episode needs to have clarity as to what was so wrong with what Kayan did. So therefore Rashi tells us that Mipriha Doma means that it was from the worst. However, what exactly does it add when Rashi brings the Medrash? How does that enforce this? How does this enhance what Rashi is trying to say? That's one question. Another issue, the Rebbe says that in not in all um, not in all versions, meaning not in all prints, but there are some prints that actually have another piece to this Rashi, another addition to this Rashi. In Where Rashi says, after introducing the Medrash, in those versions, it says, Dover Acher, another thing, meaning another approach, another way of explaining it, that what does it mean, Mipri, quote-unquote, from the fruits, that it was Me'eze Shebaliyad, whichever came to his hand, that means it was indiscretional, he didn't, he didn't really choose, he just took randomly, without being specific, without taking special notice of giving the best. Now it's true, says the Rebbe, 
that in most of the prints this does not appear. But however, this seems, says the Rebbe, to be a very legitimate explanation, and therefore the Rebbe accepts it, as you can see evidently from this sicha, as if that this is part of the Rashi, since it certainly appears in several prints, several editions of Rashi. Now, the fact that Rashi doesn't suffice with the first uh, the first explanation, it could be understood because the real question is, if he really did in fact bring from, quote, the worst of the fruit of the land, why didn't the verse just say that? Why did he say it almost in a very euphemistically, you know, miprihadoma, from the fruits of the land without specifying? It would have been much clearer and therefore it would have explained the story more more in an obvious manner if it would have said that, hey, he brought from the worst. It would have been very obvious and very clear. And that would be a very clear contrast to what Hevel did, where, he, where Hevel, the Torah specifies, that he brought the best. And therefore, it seems that Rashi is, t- is trying to explain to us that it wasn't necessarily from the worst, in other words, it's not obvious that it was from the worst. Perhaps there's another way of explaining it, that it wasn't the worst, but it wasn't the best. He didn't pay attention to it. However, this in itself is not such a good explanation. Remember why this couldn't be the main way of explaining the verse. Because then, if this is the case, why did, you know, we have a very strong question. You know, one thing is if he brought from the worst, but if he didn't bring from, because that in itself, by bringing the worst, that in itself is a certain affront to Hashem's honor, right? You're bringing a, a gift, you're bringing a, an offering, bring the best. But go to go bring the worst, that's an affront. But just to bring, to offer randomly is not such an affront. Why didn't Hashem accept it at all? So that's why, you know, you have both of them. But the question is, still remains, what exactly happened there? What exactly took place over here? You see, the first ver- the first explanation seems to be, be better than the second one, even though we just explained why we need the second one. But going back to the first one, what why couldn't Rashi just suffice with that and explain that it was the worst? And what exactly is he adding by telling us that he brought he brought from the flax seed, he brought from the linseed. What exactly is that enhancing? What is that doing exactly? Why bring the Medrash? The answer is as follows. Because if Rashi would have just told us that he brought from the worst, then one would have asked a logical question, an obvious one. What was the point of Kayan? In other words, what compelled him to do what he did? Obviously, he felt compelled to bring an offering to Hashem. He wanted to bring something to express his gratitude or his thankfulness, something he wanted to do to show gratitude to Hashem. It wouldn't make sense for somebody who's seeking to show gratitude to go and choose the worst thing. In other words, it wouldn't have made sense for something like that to happen. And that's where Rashi says, that's where Rashi has to explain this in a different way. That it's true that Cain did what he did in his thinking in his way of, of rationalizing this, he was actually doing a good thing. In his way of approaching this, it made sense. And this is the reason why Rashi brings the Medrash. He brings the Agadah that it was Zerapishtan. In, in highlight, to explain to us what Cain was thinking. Rashi is taking us into Cain's mind. Then Rashi says another 
another way of explaining it is, well, he didn't necessarily bring the worst of that kind, but he just brought it randomly without giving it much attention, and therefore it was not the best, it was not the worst, and that was the deficiency. Now, let's go back to this medrash, that it was the flaxseed. What exactly does that do to enhance it? Well, Rashi sa- the Rebbe says, Rashi, if you remember, is very consistent. And when Rashi is teaching the quote, the legendary Ben Chomishanim Lemikra, that five-year-old child, meaning the basic elementary student of Torah, of Chumash, Rashi expects us to have begun from the beginning and go in order, Parsha by Parsha. Well, not that long ago, in this Parsha, remember that in, in chapter 2, verse, verse 11, over there when the Torah is describing the various bodies of water, the Torah tells us, Shem Ha'echot Pishon, Pishon, that the name of one of the rivers, one of the great rivers, one of the great bodies of water was Pishon, which was, near, was a great river near Egypt, near Mitzrayim. And over there, Rashi tells us, why was it called Pishon? Why, where did it get his name? Why did it earn this name? Because this, these waters, they caused for the Pishton, for the flax seeds to grow, for the lin seeds to grow. In fact, Rashi even brings proof from the prophet Yeshayo, where over there, euphemistically, he refers to the Oivde Pishton, to the worshippers of the flax. And over there, it's obvious that he's referring to the Egyptians. So you see that what made the place so special, what made this body of water so unique, and that's why you earned its name Pishon, is because of Pishton. And this already tells us something very important. Therefore, Rashi has no need to elaborate here. It already tells the Ben Chamishan of the Mikra that Pishton is something unique. Pishton is something very, very special. It's a hush of a thing. And to the extent that a river, an entire river, is named after, after, the, after it, named for the fact that it contributes to its growth. Now we'll understand exactly what was going on in the mind of Cain. You see, the logic of Cain was that what's paramount, what's most important in bringing an offering, an offering to Hashem, is that you bring from the best of the kind of thing that you bring. In other, in other words, you bring the very best kind the choicest kind, since he was someone who worked with the land. So in his mind, it was the most important, it was paramount to bring from the very best kind, the very best thing. And therefore he chose the flax. To him, this was the very best kind, as we already see, we've established, like Rashi tells us, through the Medrash. However, in his thinking, it wasn't so important that it be the choicest within that kind. And that's what the Torah is emphasize it when the Torah tells us specifically in detail the contrast of what Hevel did. Hevel, it says, he brought from his sheep, but it says he brought He brought from the very choicest and from the very fattiest. What is it that it's telling us? That it's not so important. Hevel understood that it wasn't so important necessarily to bring the choices kind, but to bring the choices of whatever kind you're bringing. And the question, however, is, one second, after Cain witnessed the fact that his was not accepted, but Hevel's was, shouldn't that have changed his mind? Shouldn't that have caused him to think, hey, maybe I did something wrong? 
Why didn't that affect him? And the answer is, obviously, like the, part, the Torah itself says, there's always the Yitzhahara lurking right out there on the outside. And therefore, the Yitzhahara unfortunately had a negative effect on him and did not allow him to come to the proper conclusion. Of course, the question could be asked, if the Yitzhahara was there, then why would he have done something good in the first place? Why did he have even a positive thought in the first place? Well, the answer is the Yitzhahara obviously cannot totally overwhelm a person and totally turn him away from Hashem. And therefore, what he does is he tries to inch his way in. First, he allows the person to come to a generally good conclusion, to a generally have a generally good approach, but then he sticks his, so to speak, he, st- he gets his way in to distort things a little bit. And therefore, he did not give Cain, he did not allow him the ability to see this with true clarity, in true objectivity, and therefore Cain, instead of learning a lesson from this and enhancing or fixing what he had done, instead what he did is he turned into jealousy, which unfortunately later, later led him to unfortunately kill his brother. Now, all this that we just explained is not so so to speak, so smooth. There's still something lacking here. There's still some issues over here. You know, it, it's at heart, it's still, there's, there's somewhat of a little discrepancy here in the clarity. You know, because on the one hand, we're saying Cain wasn't so bad. He did have a process, that, a thought process. He did think of what he was doing and he was cognizant of the fact that he wants to bring from the best. However, he didn't, quote, understand that he needs to bring from the best of what he's bringing. Rather, he just brought the best kind. That's where Rashi is compelled to bring the second pirush, the second way of explaining it, and in which he explained this is only only to compensate for this discrepancy, for this issue that we have. But at the end, the first one is the main pirush, because the second one has, like we mentioned already earlier, has has a very, very strong discrepancy, has a very strong problem. Because if that was the case, that it was just, it wasn't that he brought the worst, just that he just didn't bring the best. He was a little random in the way of choosing the the actuals from the actual gift that he gave, which which he was offering. That wouldn't explain. That wouldn't be sufficient for Hashem to totally ignore his his offering and not accept it at all. Now, what we have come to is. That Cain's way of thinking, just to summarize, was that it was important, what he felt was paramount when giving an offering to Hashem, is to offer the mean, the kind, from what you're bringing, that that be the best. However, he wasn't so particular, he wasn't so careful about bringing from the best of that kind. That he didn't feel was important. This will help us understand a very interesting halacha. The Rambam at the end of the halachas of Korbanos, he explains, in the, specifically in the end of Hilchas Yisuri Mizbeach, he says over there as follows, somebody wants to be meretitious, somebody wants to bring himself to a meretitious point, He's, I'm, I'm going to paraphrase, he should bring his offerings, his Korbanos, from the choicest, the nicest, that is in that kind that he's bringing. Notice what he says in that kind that he's bringing. Because there are different types of korbanis. There are offerings that can be for something as small as a meal offering, a bird offering. And then there is, you know, from the sheep, from the goats, and then there's from the cattle, big oxen. So the Rambam emphasizes it's not so important as to what kind you're bringing. But if you are bringing, you need to bring the best of what you're bringing. 
And for that, he brings proof. Number one, the verse that says, in the verse in Vayikra that says, Kol chelev Lashem, literally translated all fat to Hashem. Fat means the best, the choicest. And then he brings the story of Hevel. He brings this story of Cain and Hevel. So you see from this that also according to the Rambam, as well as our, as, just like our Rashi here, the main emphasis is not so much on the kind that you're bringing, but the emphasis has to be on the choices from whatever kind, from whatever um, offering you're bringing. And that's why Cain, who brought the mean hamufkar, he brought the choices of kinds, but not the choices within that kind. It was not accepted. Hevel, who just bought sheep, even though there are more choicest things like cattle and so on. But since he brought the best of his sheep, that was accepted. Now, we need to understand, however, what's the logic in this? In other words, this is the halacha. This is the explanation here. But how do we understand it? So the Rebbe explains, what is the idea? What is the essence of the idea of kol chelav Hashem? Quote, all fat goes to Hashem, all the best goes to Hashem. The idea is that a, a person is expressing his recognition in the fact that Hashem ha'aretzumaloya. That quote, the, to Hashem is the whole entire earth and everything that's in it. Meaning everything belongs to Hashem. And therefore, what does it give to Hashem? He gives from the best of what he has. Now, since everything belongs to Hashem, all kinds, every single thing from which you can bring to Hashem, whether it's the best, the choicest or not, therefore, it's not so important to choose that kind, the best thing that there is in the earth in order to give that as an offering to Hashem. Because with that, you would actually be minimizing and saying, oh, only if it's the best, then you can give an offering to Hashem. Only the best belongs to Hashem, but maybe something that's less than the best of the kinds, of the species, it's not really so much, you know, it doesn't fit in so much with Lashem Haaretz Simloya that it belongs to Hashem. And therefore, when a person has the choice, he has the ability to bring from every single kind, any kind what it may be, that expresses the fact that everything, Lashem Haaretz Simloya, everything belongs to Hashem. However, the person himself, in order to express his that everything the best goes to Hashem therefore from whatever whatever kind of thing he chooses to bring his offering there he has to make the choice to bring from his best the best that he can choose from that kind itself so you have both you have both the expression the recognition of Hashem that everything belongs to Hashem and you have the expression of you showing your gratitude to Hashem, you showing your reverence for Hashem by giving kol chelav Hashem, by giving your best. Now to take it a little bit according to Chassidus, a little deeper, the Alter Rebbe explains that Cain actually made a choice to bring from the flaxseed, but this is something very deep, this was something very mystical, because the flaxseed, this is a remez, this hints, for the linen garments which the Kohen Gadol wore on Yom Kippur. There's a reason why the Kohen Gadol wears the linen garments, especially when he enters the Holy of Holies. Because this is something, linen is something that has a special indication of unity, of oneness. Where do you see it? The way linen grows, every seed grows in its, grows in its own stalk. One seed to a stalk, like so to speak, to a twig, to a branch. That is the utmost 
type of unity, oneness. And what Kayin desired to do, what he wanted to do on a mystical level was to draw down this concept of unity, of oneness, and bring it into the world. For example, we just come from Sukkot, and Sukkot, there's something unique about the four kinds that we use on Sukkot. We bring them together to make a, make a bracha. And the Gemara says about it that they all, they all grow in unity together, like in a brotherhood. But what do they have? They have a plurality. Like let's take, for example, the lulav. The lulav are many leaves together and each one is double. And they come together by being one. You have one lulav. That's, a, that's an expression of unity. But in the in the in the flaxseed, you have it even more that it's a solid unity because it's one. It's it's not it's singular. There is no plurality, and that leads to the question: If this is what Kayan's intention was, what's so bad about this? He was trying to break down unity, the utmost expression of oneness and unity, into the world. So why is this wrong? The answer is because there's two types of unity. Like we just said, there's a unity where you bring plurality, you bring it together, you make it one, or there's something that is just essentially one. There is no more. It's singular. In this world, the most important expression, and this is what Hashem was showing to Kayan, and this is what Kayan should have really taken notice, is that what's really important in this world is not the Yachid, but rather the Echod. Yachid means singular. Echod means one. When you bring many things together, it becomes one. Or you can, for example, in the Shema, we don't say Hashem Elokeinu, Hashem Yachid, Hashem is the only one, singular, but we say Hashem Echad. That notwithstanding all plurality that there seems to be out there, yet everything comes together and it's still one world, one Hashem. This is actually more desired and is greater in Hashem's eyes than the expression of unity which comes only because there is nothing else, there's only singular. And this is the mistake of Cain. This is where he went wrong. The, the lesson for us, the sum total of this entire Sicha, says the Rebbe, is the one needs to constantly strive to give from his best, to climb higher and higher in every way possible of Hidur Mitzvah, beautifying a mitzvah, of doing our mitzvah's best. Give it all you got, but notice the you. It doesn't say give it all there is, give it all you got. One has to take from his best, not from someone else's best, from your very best that you got, just like Hevel did, and give that to Hashem. But as long as it's your best, then it's the best that Hashem receives, Hashem accepts.